On this, the 20th episode of View the Right Thing, Wes and Steve travel to post-World War II Italy to follow a father and son as they search for their most prized possession, a bicycle the father desperately needs to keep his job in The Bicycle Thief. And now, it's time for the 20th episode of View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back to welcome another back episode to... of View the Right Thing. Ooh. See how you stole that. You stole home plate just then. I did. I did. Because you, you know I was going to say Indiana Jaws. Yeah, but View the Right Thing is the name of the podcast. Yeah. I don't know. Should I should I put it back in retirement? I put it in retirement for one episode. I mean, it it was nice. Sure. <laughs> in a way, I just retired it for this episode. Look, no, you just said it like two yeah, seconds ago. Yeah, but I didn't say it over you. That's true. You did not say it over me. The conflict continues, my friends. I mean, the name of the show is View the Right Thing. Yeah. I'm just going to keep pretending to not realize that. I'm going to change the name of it to View the Right Biciclete. Oh, I guess don't. No, I won't. <laughs> the right bicycle. Today we're talking about the bicycle thieves, all also known as bicycle thief, or, or vice versa. Or vice versa. There's some confusion about it on IMDb. Vice versa. Vice versa. Antonio Rich, he got his bicycle stolen. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to do a whole lot of bad Italian accents in this episode, I imagine. I'm 25% Italian. I can get away with it as long cool. as I want. I don't think I'm any Italian, so... That's okay. The, I'm giving you a green light. Oh, I'm getting a green light from a 25% Italian. Yep, my grandma's Heck, 100% yeah. Italian. Put as many A's on the ends of your words as you want. Okay, sounds good. Steve, it's been yes. a few weeks. It's been a few weeks. That's uh, unfortunate. Our last movie was Moon. Moon? Directed by Duncan Jones, yeah, who's directing the soon-to-be-released World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft yeah. movie. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, pretty exciting I like, stuff. I like that Duncan Jones guy. He seems real cool. Yeah, he, uh, he liked our tweet. He liked our tweet about Moon. That we that we did a podcast on Moon. He liked it. I would have rather watched Moon again today. Um torn on that i'm gonna ask a very offensive question i definitely right enjoyed now. moon more what's your offensive question you think anybody involved in this movie that we just watched is still alive 1948 <laughs> is still alive i don't know i don't know either yeah uh no i don't know oh those the bicycle kid, thieves the little kid the little kid could probably be avail- probably alive still yeah yeah i mean why not sure. i mean it, the the thief well we'll get more into this but the thief in the movie yeah. Was what, like 18? Looked maybe so, 18. So maybe he was born in uh, around 1930, around that era. There's people of that age. All right. I think, wasn't John McCain born in like 1938 or something crazy? 1838. 1838. No, that's not true. Doc Brown. Yeah. Doc McCain. Doc McCain Brown. Uh, so we watched The Bicycle Thieves. Yes. This week we did. Which is a 1948 movie from a, from Italy. I almost said from Italian, but that would make me sound stupid. Yeah. An Italian movie, 1948. Didn't you say it won the Oscar for Best Foreign Film that year? Uh, in 1948 or 49, it won an Oscar for Outstanding Foreign like Achievement. I don't think they had a foreign film category, really. Oh. It was essentially an honorary Oscar. 
Interesting. By the way, John McCain, born August 29th, 1936. Wow. So, yeah, I mean... Is that 80 years old? Was he 80 years old this year? Sure, why not? Way to go, John McCain. Survived a POW camp. It's raining McCain. Man, a long time. Hallelujah, it's raining McCain. So, uh, before Rain we get McCain. to the bicycle thief... Yeah. What's been going on in your life? Anything exciting? I'm pretty excited. Yeah? My brother. Your brother. Your birthday, buddy. Yep. Coming to town next weekend. Yeah? Is he going to stay through through his birthday? No. Because we could go. So that would be like over birthday, a month. <laughs> birthday shenanigans. Maybe he's coming for the summer. I don't well, know. Well, there's, there's time for shenanigans. It's a very brief trip. We're going to Disneyland the day after Memorial Day. Ooh, I'm trying to go open to close. I was going to be busy. The day after Memorial Day, I'm hoping it won't be quite as busy as the three days prior to and the day of Memorial Day itself. Yeah, Tuesdays, but I'm expecting busy. Tuesdays typically are pretty... Oh boy, knock on wood. Pretty, well, the good uh, news like, is the Molten Boys, you know, we're ready for that kind of nonsense. We're both walkers. Shenanigans. We're both, uh, you know, we do all right, man. I was just there a week ago. I know, I really wanted to join you that yeah. day and I just could not. But you I had the I invite. Also been there twice that week. That's all right. You can yeah. never go too many times. I agree, especially for the price we're paying. We uh, have not bought vinyl mations in a long time, but we decided to buy because uh, Desi is a big She-Hulk fan, and the Marvel series that's been out for a while has She-Hulk in it. Whoa! So we thought, hey, let's give it a shot, uh, and we did not get a She-Hulk. Oh yeah, that's right. You can't pick which one you get. You just no. gotta roll them vinyl dice. We did, open. and they don't trade anymore. No, and we we opened one fiddlesticks, and the the guy at the store that sold it to us uh, wanted to see us open it. So we opened it, and I was like, uh, it's just Luke Cage, and he was like, "Whoa, this is a variant Luke Cage with a different oh, color shirt." Really? And I was like, "Oh, cool." So where is it now? I don't know. Over there somewhere. Oh, all right. I'll look for it after we record. Sure. I'll. I'm excited to see a variant Luke nice. Cage. So it's not Power Man Luke Cage? Is Instead it like, of a yellow t-shirt, he's wearing a white t-shirt. So it's just sort of like any average everyday dude Luke Cage. Yeah, it's like Netflix Luke Cage. Cool. Uh, what else has been going on? Um, I'm going to see The Who tomorrow night. Where is that at? The Hollywood Rock Bowl? and Roll Band. I don't think it's at Hollywood Bowl. You would think The Who would be somewhere like that. Right? I really don't know for sure. The Rose Bowl? I mean, it might be Staples Center. It might be The Forum. It might be the greek you're gonna go see the who and you have no idea where you're going tomorrow night correct that's pretty interesting well who who uh, are you seeing it with former guest host i almost called him raniel former guest host daniel weiss who you might remember from our rampart episode which is where raniel just came from yep uh he won some tickets on the radio and he knows i'm a great big fan of the who wow is his dad going too because his dad's a who fan too his dad's a great big fan of the who and I'm not sure. Okay. When we get done with the podcast, we'll double check with them. I couldn't name a Who song. Really? Not one. I'm sure I've heard them. I'm you sure definitely were, have. You're like, oh yeah, this song. And I'd be like, oh okay, yeah, I've heard that song. But I couldn't name a Who song. Not even... I'm not like a classic... Like, my Generation? Okay. That's the Who? Yeah. Cool. I didn't know that. I can see for Miles. I would have guessed My Generation was like the Rolling Stones or something. Oh. If you'd said, who, who did My Generation? I probably would have said the Rolling Stones. I understand. Hmm. I see. I also uh, maybe couldn't name a Rolling Stones song, apparently. Of course you could. Uh, they sing that song that's in Interview with the Vampire. Uh, Sympathy for the Devil. Is that Rolling Stones? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. You named one. Woo! What about from Stanley Kubrick's 
Full Metal Jacket. I don't, I don't remember. Broom, 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 oh, is it the Red Door broom. one? Yep, Paint I, It Black. Paint It Black, that was called? Yes. You know what I knew that from, though. I wouldn't have thought Full Metal Jacket. I would have thought Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon. Oh, I remember that being a good movie, but I've never watched it a second time. It's all right. It's okay. I think it's because I still very distinctly and very disgustingly remember that scene where that girl's fingernail just snaps right off oh, the yeah. end. Yeah, that makes me so sick. Spoilers. For, well, it's just, I mean, it just happens. 15-year-old movie. Ugh, oh, that scene is so gross. Um, you been to the movies lately? Uh, I saw Civil War. I've only seen it twice. I've only seen it once. Oh. The one time. Probably the only time I'll see it in the theater. Really? I mean, I don't go to the theater and repeat a whole lot. I, there's so many movies that I want to see that I don't get to see. It's like, why would I Why would I waste the money on I understand seeing movies? That. I mean, I'd have to really, really love it. I've seen Captain America Civil War twice. Yeah. I think I only paid to see it once. Mm-hmm. I saw the first two Captain America movies probably six times each in the theater. No, five times Well, each. you got a lot of work to do i'll probably see this a couple more times i like it a lot i did see uh star wars twice yeah force awakens i saw that five times i did see deadpool twice i only saw deadpool once and And i I don't know what's wrong with the blu-ray over here it's playing in the three dollar theater near my house i'll check it out fancy oh gosh what oh i finally saw the jungle book i have not seen it I thought you had seen it. I have, I, the only movie I've seen since we've last talked in three weeks... Is Captain America? Is Captain America Civil War. Wow. I, I really want to go see Money Monster. Oh, yeah. With uh, George Clooney and... Julie Roberts. Rulia Roberts. Yep. I, I think that's probably the movie that's the highest on my list. Higher than Jungle Book. All right. All Money right. Monster. I'm, Jodie Foster directed that. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think he got a standing ovation at Cannes. Wow, that's pretty excellent. Yeah. Jodie Foster, Money Monster. Oh, gosh, what else? I mean, she's not a Money Monster. You you made it sound like Jodie Foster, the Money Monster. Well, because it almost rhymes. If her her name were Jodie Fonster, it would would rhyme with Money Monster. What do they call that when you have uh, two words that you use in a rhyme, but they don't actually rhyme? There's a a term for that. Mm. Fusters. Tweet us what that term is. Yeah, tweet at VTRT movies. Like a like rhyme. But it's not. So it's like if I said like... Uh, Monster and Foster. Right. Like they're close, but they don't actually rhyme. Correct. Or like if I said, give me a call, man. I'm watching Maltese Falcon. That doesn't actually rhyme. Right. A call, Yeah. Man. Give me a I'm call, man. I'm watching Maltese Falcon. Um, so what do you think of Civil War? I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's quite as good as uh, Winter Soldier. No, absolutely not. Um, and I'm not sure if I enjoy it as much as Captain America, the first Avenger. Absolutely not. But I still like this movie a lot. I mean, it's basically saying it's, you know, in third place within a trilogy of movies that yeah. are pretty darn awesome. Yeah. So something's got to be in third place. I, th- I think... Um I mean, that's like saying it's in last place. Not really. In a trilogy, if there's only three movies and it's third, well, it's in last place. For now, it's a trilogy. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was all right. I thought it was a good setup movie. Um, I, lo- I loved Spider-Man in it. I feel like they yeah. finally captured the youthful excitement of, of Spider-Man that hasn't been sort of portrayed yet. 
Um, who knew hiring a teenager would do that? I know, actual, right? An actual youth. Uh, who knew? I, I, yeah, I like the movie. I, I love I Marissa Tomei. Felt like there wasn't enough Captain America in the movie. I can sort of agree with that. I I, I get what they're doing and how it's a setup for Avengers three. Yeah, slash four. Yeah, or three three point five, whatever it is. Um, but. Uh, it's basically Avengers 2.5. In a way, yes, because there are so many other Avengers in it. Well, and the focus is about, the focus, the the crux of the movie, uh, just in case, I'm just going to say a little bit of a spoiler alert, I don't think this is a huge deal, but the crux of the movie is splitting up this group of Avengers. Right. So, um, it's really, it really is more of an Avengers movie. I can agree with than that. Than a Captain America movie. So that's, that's my biggest critique uh, but man, Spider Man was great in it. Spider Man was great. Um, other surprise appearances were pretty darn great. Other um, surprise appearances. I'm trying to think of who the other surprise appearance was. Well, I mean, you know, some spoilers. of it. Some of it was revealed in the trailer, but I'm trying to. I'm trying yeah. to. Well, no, I'm saying. I'm saying. Yeah. Should we? Should we say it? And no, just, let's. You know, just in case people haven't watched, let's let them have a few surprises left. Because if there's one thing text message that the internet is good at is just spoiling everything. Yeah. So if some lucky so and so is listening right now and they still haven't seen Civil War. I don't want to be the one That's to fair. spoil some other That's stuff. That's fair. It's like. only been out like two or three weeks, right? So uh, Three, yeah. This is the third weekend. Right? It's got to be, yeah. May 6th, and today is May whatever-ish. It's got to be at least yeah. three, yeah. It's three weeks. Yeah. I should see it one more time at least. Sure. Once a week. You should average once a week as long as it's out. Yeah. Oh, I tried to, uh, well, I got pretty far through uh, Infinite Jest last night. Don't know what that is. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix stars in Infinite Jest okay. with Benicio Del Toro. Uh, Josh Brolin, a lot of people, frankly, it's a big cast. Um, but it is based on the, uh, Thomas Pin- Pinchon, Thomas Pinchon, however you want to pronounce mm-hmm. it, novel. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically a, a hippie, uh, private detective back in like late sixties, I think Venice beach, some kind of real close LA beach town. Yeah. Um, and he's just, he gets involved in this private detective case that just keeps, spiraling further and further outward and i really don't remember that's interesting because he was in an inherent vice like a year ago and this is inherent vice oh wait what did you say what did i say? oh i might have said infinite jest infinite jest i've confused those two titles a lot i was like this sounds like an inherent vice that's crazy right i saw inherent vice infinite jest yeah. is the movie that there's the book that david foster wallace wrote right which he's okay. touring for in the end of the tour. Is that okay, what that so this called? Joaquin Phoenix movie. This is Inherent Vice. The Paul Thomas Anderson film. By Paul Thomas Anderson, yes. I own this movie. You do? I do on Vudu. Oh, I didn't know that. I watched yeah. it on HBO Go. How we how we watch most of our movies here. Yeah, but I, podcast. I remember getting to this one pretty excellent scene pretty far along in the movie, and then I was like, there's still like 40 more minutes of movie left. It's a long movie. And then I woke up, and my phone... I was watching it on my phone in bed. My phone was underneath my own back, and the battery was dead. So I plugged it in and fell back to sleep. Yeah. So I don't think I finished it. I got to finish it. All Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson movies are long. That's pretty true. Is Punch yeah. Drunk Love long? I feel like that maybe that's the shortest one. But they but they're long in the sense of. So here, this is what I've noticed about, and I love. I'm a huge I do Paul too. Thomas Anderson fan. Yeah. They are all either. 
long running time, but they don't feel long. Right. Or short running time, but they feel long. Interesting. Like Punch Drunk Love is not a, a huge running time. Like when you compare that to like Magnolia or There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Which have, I mean, Magnolia is a three hour movie. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like Magnolia feels like a three hour movie. Sure. Punch Drunk Love is much shorter, but it feels longer. Interesting. I, that's what I think. And Inherent Vice is the same way. Inherent yeah. Vice is like a two-hour movie that feels like it's a four-hour movie. I think it's closer to two hours 40, man. Is it really? It's up there. Yeah. Certainly it's a two long and movie. a half, yeah. It feels long. It's up there. Maybe it's a long one that feels long. I don't know. Uh, well, I didn't get all the way to the end, so I can't really tell. Let's see. I'll but it, it was, uh, you know, it's pretty entertaining. But yeah, it's almost just like in every scene, he learns a new name <laughs> That he's got to go look yeah. into yeah. in regards to this case he's working, and it just keeps going and expanding and just under and two and a half just hours. driving poor uh, poor Doc. Uh, what's his name? Doc Sportello. Yeah, driving him crazy. But yeah, it's it's definitely a movie worth checking out. I, I gotta get, I gotta finish it. I'll probably finish it tonight in bed. Yeah. It's funny in bed. And it's yeah, um, it's beautifully shot. Oh, for sure. It's very well acted. Um, I got yeah, like performances. I got like no complaints. The soundtrack's freaking awesome. The soundtrack's great. So much good stuff on the soundtrack. Yeah, Inherent Vice, not Infinite Jest. That is not a movie. What's That's his, a book. What's his next movie? P.T. Anderson. Yeah, we got must have a new one coming out. I think he's out. remaking World of Warcraft. No, that's ridiculous. No, come on. Um, you look that up. And I will vamp for a moment because I just don't feel like talking about the bicycle thieves. Boy, uh, help me, Wes. Some Joanna Newsome oh, stuff. Oh God! Something called Janun came out last year. Spell that. J U N U N. Junun. Junun, or something like that. That's Paul Thomas Anderson. J U N U N. Musician Johnny Greenwood travels to Rajasthan, where he performs with a multitude of Indian musicians. He, isn't, Paul Thomas Anderson's a big mu- uh, music guy. Yeah, isn't Johnny Greenwood from uh, Radiohead? Isn't he the guy? Uh, that yeah, did he's the, also he also did a short for this year called Radiohead Daydreaming. There you have it. Oh yeah, that's their newest video. Well, he did that. There you go. There. I think you I knew that actually go. because they. I think they um, put it before they put it in the theaters before a movie. Whoa. Yeah. I wonder which movie. Can't remember. Huh. So. Anyway, yeah, let's talk bicycle thieves. All right, let's. Or did do you it. have one more topic? I don't. To have, I don't know that I have another topic. We can talk about other topics if we come up with something afterward. For After sure, bicycle man. Bicycle thieves. Bicycle um, thieves. Bicycle thief slash bicycle thieves. Yeah, with a the in there somewhere. Yeah. So uh, this is a movie that came out in forty seven, forty eight, right around there. It's an Italian film. Right um, after World War Two. Right after World War Two. It's set in post World War Two Italy. Yeah, in the sunniest town I've ever seen in my life. Every shot is just so bright. It looks like the sun would just be so blinding hot there. I think well, it's actually cold in the movie quite a bit. The little boy's wearing a scarf the whole film. They say that it looks like a very warm place. Yeah. Uh it's so Rome, right? It's Rome. The whole thing is shot in Rome. But it's like a very flat part of Rome where the buildings are very far apart. Yeah. It's directed by Vittorio De Sica. A Vittorio De Sica. Yeah. You got to put your fingers in front of your well, mouth. I'm going to let you say. I'm going to let you do that maybe more than <laughs> than, than myself. But um But yeah, so it it won, let's see. It, it might be De Sica. I don't know. Got You got awards in front of you there? Awards right here. It was nominated. Oh boy. 
for best writing. It's interesting that the movie came out in 48, but it, it actually didn't win an award for the Academy. It was in the 1950 Academy Awards. Wow. Um, it won, won the Golden Globe that year. It won the BAFTA. Oh. Um, it was nominated for best writing for screenplay, but it won an honorary award. At the time, it was called Most Outstanding Foreign Language Film Released in the United States During 1949. That's the actual title of the award. Okay. So it seems like maybe there wasn't a best foreign film yet. That You know, it had to start somewhere. Sure, sure. It had to start somewhere. Wes, is this movie in the Criterion Collection? It is in the Criterion Collection. That's All funny right. you say that. Uh, we did get a little Criterion logo at the very beginning, didn't we? I, I, I usually feel pretty good when I see that logo. Yeah, I mean the movie's good. So let's talk about let's talk about film school. Let's talk about neo realism. All right. Let's. So this is a neo realism movie. Yeah. What do you know about neo realism, Steve? For the sake of argument, I'll say nothing. Fantastic. That that brings up an interesting conversation. So neo realism is uh, sort of the ultra realistic portrayal of. Um, poverty and the cycle of poverty that makes sense with this movie right and that's that's really like this movie's not a, an upper no not at all um but uh i lost i lost what what i was it's basically it's it's portrays the working class so it doesn't necessarily have to be about poverty but but generally when you have a movie about the working class it tends to be about how poor they are and how unjust the system is it's going to aim for that lower working right. class yeah um neorealism typically uh suggests that if wealth was distributed in a better way um all would be would benefit from it i can agree with that so um so you know when this movie came out it was you know kind of deemed a uh you know a piece like of commie a, a propaganda marxist, a marxist yeah yeah um he this director is known for for shooting movies in uh all like natural locations they just show up and shoot stuff that makes a lot of sense because i caught a lot of extras looking straight into the camera yeah they had no idea it was going to be there um, that day I'll jump to this part, even though it's closer to the end of the film. Um, the little boy is running across the street and almost gets hit by two cars. Yeah. They were just shooting and just told the kid to run across the street. That actually, he almost got creamed by those cars in real life. Terrific. Yeah. Um, Welcome to 1948, folks. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he also was is really well known for using um, actors who aren't actors. They're like amateurs all or right. people who aren't performers. So uh, pretty much this entire cast, it was all amateurs. That makes sense, too. That's why you didn't see any big names. Yeah. Except for Rita Hayworth. Yeah. On a poster. On a poster. W- which apparently just seemed to be a poster advertising Rita Hayworth. Did you have Did you have expect uh, Andy Dufresne to come out of the wall behind that Rita Hayworth poster? Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption? I didn't half expect it. I, like, three quarters expected it. Yeah. In the movie, it's not Rita Hayworth, is it? In the, in the movie, Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. It's someone else, right? Isn't it Raquel Welch? Yeah, so in... For 10 million BC? In, in, yeah. So in the book... Yeah. This is a completely different topic, but in the book, The Shawshank Redemption, it's a short story. Yeah. It's Rita Hayworth, and the, and the story is actually called Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Oh. Now, what is a book? <laughs> Good a question. Kid. Good question. A kid and a joke. So, yeah, so... Uh, so that's your little background on 
neo-realism for the viewsters. In that case, makes a lot of sense for this movie. In case somebody didn't know. In case somebody watched this and was like, why would we watch this? And it's, it's sort of to like... It's very depressing. Grasp an accurate portrayal of uh, the working class and the cycle of poverty. And yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll cover that again at the very end of this. Because yeah. that's, that's when you get that cycle again. There's a cycle in this that... There is a cycle. It's stolen. A bicycle. Quite a few other cycles get seen in the movie. Mm-hmm. Where a do lot we start? of bicycles get seen in this movie, right? Where does this movie start? It starts with a mob of day laborers waiting and waiting and waiting for somebody to come out and give yep. them jobs. It's very, like, Grapes of Wrath uh, yeah. kind of feel to a, a crazy vibe. Um, interestingly, um, so there's, there's all these guys. That, uh, they all head over to a building, and this gentleman comes out, and he's got... Um, work documents, work permits. Right. And he's looking for a specific guy. He's looking for Ricci. Ricci, Antonio Ricci. Who seems to be laying about 50 yards away in the dirt. And that's the part that I think is the most interesting. Yeah. Is um, why is he nowhere near everybody else? Like he's poor, he needs the work. Why is he laying in the dirt, essentially napping? Maybe he thinks he's the least skilled guy there or something? I think. Because, I mean, the job he gets is. Poster installer. Yeah, they they need somebody who can operate a lathe. But is that what it is? They said that at the beginning. They're a like, lathe. no, you're a bricklayer. We need someone who can operate a lathe. And maybe that was for a different job could that be. he handed out. Yeah, I don't know. Because then they bring over Richie to think, put gee, posters up on walls. Posters of Rita Hayworth. Yeah, so on walls. But we don't know it's posters yet. So well, we don't know that yet. But the, so still. one of the other workers finds him. You know, laying in the dirt. Yeah. So I sort of have this this theory that um, Ricci has already reached the end of his rope. Maybe. And he's already kind of given up. Because like, he doesn't seem like a particularly particularly lazy person throughout the right. film, except in this one moment. Um, and I think it's important for the cycle that we're talking about and the end of the film. Yeah. So this idea that he's kind of already given up, and then they pull him in and say, we have work for you right you need to have a bicycle a bicycle and he's like why do i need a bike can i just hoof it for the first few days and they're like nope nope you got to get a bike and and he's like okay they say if you show up and you have a bike this is no good yeah and he's like all right i'll have a bike don't worry don't worry i'll figure it out well it's also weird as he says i'll show up this morning now i feel like when you say this morning and it's already blaringly bright outside, mm. you're just talking about today. So how early in the morning was this job selection thing supposed to be I happening? Think it's probably early, right? It's probably like maybe that's why it was we need people to go to work today. Maybe he waited there all night so he'd have a good spot yeah. when the, when the man. But came then you'd out. think that he'd be up there with them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that scene. Uh, we'll come back to my my theory in a little bit. All right. So uh, Ricci heads towards home. Yep. And he goes and finds Maria, Maria his wife, filling buckets of water. Right. At like a well. There's all these other women there and stuff. And he doesn't even offer to help her carry them right away. Not right away. I thought that was funny. Not until she almost trips. I was like, what an a-hole. A little bit. So, it's an, and that's another interesting thing, is there's definitely moments in the movie where I'm like, this guy's an a-hole, but he's an a-hole because he's constantly thinking about how he can make his family's life better. Yeah, I guess that's it, true. It, it's it's interesting. Like he doesn't help her with the bu- the buckets, and it's because he has this conundrum that he's running through his head constantly, yeah. and he's almost distant. He's like only half in the conversation. Yeah. So it's interesting. 
Um, so he goes and tells Maria that, uh, of course, they offered him a job, but they he needs a bike. What's Where's his bike? He has pawned it. And she's like, I can't believe you pawned it. And he's like, pawned well, how were you going to eat? You needed to eat. Yeah. So they go into the house and she puts the buckets of water aside and he's just kind of like leaning against the wall still in thought and so she takes it on herself to make it happen yeah so she goes and she grabs all of the sheets off the beds and she's like we can sleep without sheets you need a job yeah so she washes the sheets folds them up they head to the pawn shop it's almost like a pawn factory it was crazy it was terrifying tons of people there trying to sell or get their stuff. Yeah, and who knows how much space occupied by pawned items. Yeah, actually, let me correct myself. Everybody is there to sell. Hardly anyone is there to get their stuff. I think it's just him when they show someone trying to... When they show the window for where you pick up items, get your items back, he's the only one there. So everybody is selling off all of their things. Remember, it's it's, uh, a post-World War II, like, devastated Rome. Right. So... Sorry, Italy, you lost. <laughs> so uh, they they give the sheets over. The guy looks at him. He's like, three of these are used. And right. Like, the three aren't. And he's going to give them 7,000 lira. 7,000 lira for six sheets. Yep. I don't even understand the math there. I don't either. How dead is the lira if six sheets are worth Well, if you're in a war-torn country, 7, probably 7,000 of them pretty dead nobody wanted italian money nobody wanted german money back then i guess not but then how much does it cost to get the bike back uh well i have it written down so so she's selling the stuff and and he kind of pokes his head in uh antonio yeah and he's like can you just give us a little bit more so the guy gives him 7500 oh okay the bike cost 6500 i thought it was 6100 was it 61 okay 60 something hundred so they've got 13 1,400 lira left to play with. Yeah. Not even enough to buy a bed sheet back. Yeah. Gross. So, so, um, they head out. He's got the bike. And, uh, he goes to the workplace and meets with the guy. And the guy's like, you know, he's got the bike. And they're like, put your bike down. He's carrying, he's carrying his bike everywhere. Like, he's not letting it out of his sight. And then everybody kind of like says... Put your guard down. Set it down. What are you doing walking around here? Are you crazy? Yeah. With carrying a bike. Carrying a bicycle. Bicycle's supposed to carry you. Yeah. So he puts the bike down. He signs the paperwork. Uh, he gets his uniform. Oh, yeah. His hat and tells his wife that she needs to adjust his hat because it's too loose. Yeah, he gets like a policeman's hat, it looks like. And uh, then they, they go take to the a ride. One. Yeah, so she says, we have to stop somewhere. A place. I have to see a woman. And he's like, what? And she's like, just a woman. Don't worry about it. Ooh. I got this covered. So she goes upstairs, and he waits downstairs. His bike's leaning against the door frame. And, uh, and Three some, old widows come Yeah, by. some widows come in. they got the little veil on. They're wearing black and grieving veils. And they're like, concierge, concierge. And it's like some like ratty hotel, or yeah. not a ratty uh, apartment building. And they're like, they ask him, Antonio, they ask Antonio, is this where the Holy One lives? And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So yeah. they go upstairs and they say, is this the, where the Holy One is? And they, and they, from the other side of the door, yes. Come on in. It's in the back. Yeah. And so the he gets curious. One. And there's these kids outside. Playing some sort of sk- weird street dice game. Skipping some stones or something. Yeah. There's yeah. Some, some 
chunks of rock. Chuck one. Something like that. One of them hits the bike. <gasps> Not a big deal, though. Okay. One hits the bike. So he, he says, hey, kid, watch my bike for me. And the kid's like, okay. And he goes up. I'm pretty terrified. Yeah. He goes up and he goes in and, the, and some woman says, "In last door in the back. She goes to the last door and his wife's in this room full of people and there's this old sagely woman there who's sort of offering advice or some sort of mysticism. Yeah. People are leaving the room crying. We call and, her a crook. Yeah. But I believe those people thought she was a psychic. Well, it's interesting because the predictions that we see her make for the most part, we do see the result except for uh, one, I mean one she doesn't really make a prediction oh. um, one she just tells the kid that he's ugly and that he should go sow his seed somewhere else yeah um, but which is disturbing but the predictions she makes or that we know that she makes she makes correctly that's true and that's one is the reason why Maria is there is she wants to give the $50 that she owes this woman 50 lira because she correctly said your husband's about to find a job. Oh yeah, he's true. About to be given a job, and he was. So, anyways, he's like, "Oh, you're just throwing your money away. This is hokum, essentially." And so he he takes her out, but on the way out, she stops and leaves something at uh, like the kitchen counter, which I believe is the fifty dollars that she has. Yeah, owes. I think that is correct. So they go they go uh, downstairs, back outside where those kids were. Oh man, the bike's gone, isn't it? That's what I thought. That's and what like, I really a, thought. It's a really great expectation that the director sets up this idea that the that there's a movie about bicycle thieves. You this bike is super super important. Right. Uh, it is it is not stolen. It is still there. Oh, thank goodness. So they go home, and we meet the kids. The next morning, there's a baby in the bed. Yeah. And then, um, with its arms straight up in the air, that was weird. Babies get weird. Yeah, babies are weird. They're dumb. You no, know, they're just learning. They're, they're pretty dumb. They're literally just learning about all of everything. Uh, his son Bruno, little Bruno. What do you think? Seven. I I was thinking more like eight or nine because that's such sure. a huge difference. It's not seven ish, eight ish, nine. Somewhere between seven and nine. Yeah. So Bruno's there and he's working on the bike and he's commenting. There's a there's a dent on the on the pump. Yeah. And. Uh, and he's like, ah, don't worry about it. And he's like, they dented it. You should, you should, you should have complained. And you know, he's like this precocious kid. Yeah, like, and he does the Italian hand yeah. hand pointing at the mouth. Wise beyond his years. Yeah, you should have said something, Papa. And so he says, we got to get ready for work. So he goes in, gets his egg sandwiches for himself and his mm. son. The wife's finished the hat. He, uh, she says, he looks like a policeman. He does. He does look a little bit like a policeman, which is interesting because the movie is him going on an investigation. Yeah, that's true. With no authority. An investigation with no authority. None whatsoever. So anyways, he and the kid head off to work together. They actually both look a lot alike. They're both wearing little jumpsuits. Yeah. The kid's got a, a scarf. Yeah, and he seems to work at a gas pump that's just like on a sidewalk somewhere. Yeah, he pumps he pumps gas for passing motorists. Yeah. So they, Bruno. He, he throws the kid on the bike and they ride off. And this was a kind of a, a moment, I guess a montage that I really liked was them riding out of the city. Yeah. There's a, there's the bus that takes people out. Everybody's crammed onto that. And then all of these bicyclists and they're all riding around and in front of the buses yeah. and they're leaving the city and it's, they're, they're going at a pretty great 
speed they're going pretty quickly and there's the scenery is going by and it's this very freeing moment yeah for sure um he 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 sort of solved his problem right away like something that in some movies would be the entire movie was about him trying to get the bike right. specifically to get this job um he solved it pretty quick in the first like 15 minutes of the film his wife solved it and, yeah okay his wife solved the problem and uh Giving credit where credit's due. It's fair. Okay. And then they have this fr- really freeing moment that I love. Right. They've got the freedom of a bicycle. Yeah. So he drops the kid off and says, I'll be back at seven. He drops him off at the gas pump. And uh, and then he heads to work and we see him riding off on the bike with like, carrying a ladder. Yeah. And then we learned that he's going to put up these posters, these Rita Hayworth posters. And oh, yeah. How, they show us how he's supposed to do it. There's a guy that trains him, and then the guy leaves him to, to it. I thought it was pretty creepy that the guy said, make sure you do it right, because when the inspector checks it out, yeah. he'll fine you. So the idea that there's a man paid to go around the city and inspect posters, which are essentially just slapped onto a wall with some glue... I, and somebody's I, getting paid to inspect these Rita Hayworth posters. Yeah. It was a different time. I wonder if... I, I sort of wondered about that, too. I thought... That was my first thought. My second thought was... Perhaps there's a city inspector kind of like... Um, oh, like... Like a food service like inspector. Like this thing better look nice. Yeah, like if you leave stuff ratty or like where it's dangerous and it'll fly off and hit okay. somebody's windshield or something, then we'll find... And then it, since this is your route... Maybe that's these, what the inspector was yeah, doing. Yeah, these blocks are on your route. Okay. That's that's kind of what I'm I'm thinking. But That I, frankly I, makes a lot more sense. I am not from that era, so I don't know. Because I tell you, if there's a job out there where all you have to do is go around the city and inspect posters, I want that job. Yeah. So, while he's putting up posters on his own... Yeah. There are two pretty sketchy individuals. I'll say... One seems to be maybe like a lookout. Oh. One is this younger kid with a hat. Yeah. Um, sneaking through the cars. And yeah. while Antonio's up on the ladder, putting the poster up. Pacing up Rita. Uh, he, the, the kid comes in and steals the bike. And no. Rides away. And Antonio runs after him and jumps on a, a moving vehicle and is like, follow that guy. He stole my bike. And the guy's like, okay. And the lookout guy jumps on the other side of the car and is like, I saw him go in the tunnel. Go that way. Which, that's not where the kid went. Right. So, led them in the wrong direction. Son of a bam. So, Antonio goes to the police, but the police aren't any help. This, no. This is a whole a whole scene there, but it just yeah. really culminates to... We, we aren't going to look for it. If you find it, you file your report. Yeah, if you find it in a so shop. We can, yeah, so we can bust whoever, but other than that, yeah. like, find it yourself. So, he... Gets on a bus to go get to his kid. He finds his kid. They walk home. He's, he's late. He's seven thirty instead of seven. Yeah. They walk home. He tells the kid to go in and that he'll be in. He'll be home later. And he goes to this uh, uh, club. On the way there, there seems to be a, a mob of men who are who are meeting. Yeah. About getting work. How can we get more work? Who can give us work? Can you give us work? That kind of thing. And he goes into this club where there's a band rehearsing. Right. Like a... Rehearsing a pretty cruddy song. Yeah, it's a pretty lousy song. <laughs> and his friend is, I don't know, the director or something. And I guess you could say he's the director of he's Because he keeps yeah. telling the guy he's singing it wrong. Yeah, what's his name? Like Bagdagino or something like that. Something with a B. The garbage captain, that guy? I think he was the garbage captain, yes, as you said. So 
Antonio talks to his friend and says, this is the situation. They stole my bike. You got to help me get it back. And he's like, well, what they do is they take them to this market really early in the morning. They chop them up and sell the different parts in different places. So what we should do is go and see if we can find the frame, see if we can find, you know, the different pieces, if they're identifiable. The tires. Yeah. So they make this arrangement and Maria shows up and obviously she knows what's going on because the kid told her, Hey, he came back without the bike. Yep. And she's crying, and his friend is like, "Don't cry. It makes you look like a little kid. Get out of here. We're gonna we get out of here, you scamps. We're gonna find it. We're gonna we're gonna solve this problem. Don't Damn worry." Straight. So, the next morning, it's Sunday, Sunday so he doesn't have work. Yeah. He meets up with uh, his friend, who seems to be like the captain of the garbage men. Yeah. Or street cleaners. Seem. Maybe back then it might have been a little a six little of one, boat. half dozen of the other. <coughs> just go around, pick up trash, make the place look nice. It's Rome for crying yeah. out loud. And he's he's got uh, he's got his kid with him. By the way, when I was in Rome, it was very dirty there. Really, everything was dirty. It was just like everything was caked with grime. All the walls of the buildings and the streets and everything just was dirty. Really? Yeah. Take that, Rome. Yeah. Needs a good power washing. Some of they actually were cleaning some of it, and you could tell where they were cleaning part of the city. It just looked so much different. Oh wow! Yeah, like like pressure hoses. Yeah, and like pressure pressure yeah. washing and stuff. Yeah. So they they go to the market. The garbage captain, his friend. Yeah, don't they the gather like and two few, or three other garbage men to guys. help too? Yep. Yeah. And they all go to the, that market that he was talking about. And uh, at first they don't really see much, but then they start seeing people bringing out bicycle parts. And yeah. St- setting up stands. And the ki- they bring the kid because the kid remembered or knew that there was a dent in the pump. And so he was going to help look for some of those parts. Very true. So they're looking Pumps for this bells. for specific uh, frame. And uh, they just go around looking at stuff yeah, everything they they tables do, and tables of bike parts they do find a guy painting a frame Ooh. Uh, an old one of the old garbage men says hey we found something yeah look at this and they ask to look at the frame the serial number and the guy's like nope not no, letting you no you don't need to see that yeah where's poor bruno when this argument's happening bruno is he's at, being stalked by a pedophile he is absolutely being stalked by a pedophile he's at a table looking at pumps and there's a guy who's like you like this bell yeah. I'll buy you this bell. This bicycle bell, a little shing, shing, you shing, this, shing. You want this bell, don't you? I'll buy you this bell. Now, it's safe to assume he was probably a Vatican cardinal <laughs> taking a day you, off. You, you said it, not me. On a Sunday. Uh, maybe not a cardinal, but maybe like a bishop. No. I'm going to, I'm, hey, they're after me now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, they, they, Antonio goes and gets a police officer. A police officer comes and says, let, let us see the the number. He reads out the number, and Antonio's like, "No, that's not it. It's not it. One two zero two four. Yeah, ventiquattro. Sure, I remember him saying it cool. like that. My my ice is jingling a lot. Yeah, it's okay. I'm gonna stop. It's a warm drinking. It's, it's warm in here. So they does Bruno escape the pedophile? Kind of. Yeah, he does. That was close. So they they leave the frame guy. Uh, Antonio picks up Bruno. And is like, let's get out of here. Hey, you get away from my kid. That yeah. kind of thing. Guy looks very defeated. And so they decide that there's another plaza 
that they they should go to. So his friend, the garbage captain, tells one of his men, drive the truck, take them to this other plaza, and see see what you see. And the guy's like, by this point, it's already gone. Yeah. If it was at the other plaza, somebody else has already taken the parts. But he's like, just do it anyways. So they go, and on the way, it starts what? Pouring rain. Pouring rain. People are like jumping out in front of the truck and all this stuff. So the guy drops him off at the plaza, and it's pouring rain, and all these people are running with their wares trying to get out of the rain and they all stand up at a uh like next to a building yeah they kind of just stand next to a tall building that doesn't seem to offer any sort of a roof it seems like there's a there's a a small ledge area that they're standing under okay because they wipe themselves off the little boy so here's another moment of the the dad antonio kind of being distracted and kind of being an a-hole yeah uh so he runs without grabbing the kid or anything. Just he does expects, that a lot. Expects the kid to follow him. The kid trips and falls in the, yeah. in, onto the street. And he gets up and then the dad wipes himself off with a handkerchief. And he looks over at the kid and he's like, what happened to you? And the kid's like, I fell down. Poor Bruno. Right there. I fell down right there. And so he's like, here, clean yourself off. And he gives him the, the handkerchief. Yeah. And so Bruno cleans himself off. Some more uh, religious type people show up. Um, and also yeah. stand under the rain. Now I like seminary the, students. I like this this moment, this rain moment. It it lasts a while, uh, very intentionally. Yeah, I liked that they. We saw what the markets looked like with all the people f- running around doing stuff. Right, and this completely cleared the market. Yeah, so when true. the rain starts to stop, and you see a kid come out with his bike, it's the the thief. Yeah, there. There's not a lot of distraction, yeah. so it was like a really, a really nice, um, creative way to kind of clear that field. The director for to clear that field. Cool. So the kid, the thief, comes up and he talks to some old man and gives him a hundred lira for something. Yeah, for what even? I don't uh, even know. Yeah, the old know. man's just like, "This isn't enough. What can I do with this?" Yeah, it's only a hundred lira. Yeah. Well, Chad, you give me a hundred lira, I'll figure something out. Sure. I mean, I don't know what. 100 lira might be a Snickers bar these days. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Does Italy even use the lira anymore? Well, we were there, the we euro? used the euro. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have a lira still or something. What was the exchange rate when you were there? Oh, Do you I remember? Don't remember? One, a buck 70 maybe for, for one, one euro? One euro. Wow. Yeah. Not great, the dollar. Wait, no, that means that, that the dollar is stronger than the euro. No. No, the dollar is weaker. You need yeah. $2 almost to equal one Darn euro. it. So uh, he's like, hey, stop, thief, and chases the thief, and the thief rides away and gets away, and there's nothing that much. He's like, let's go, Bruno, let's go find the old man. So they go and chase down the old man, and they're like, I want to talk to that kid. <laughs> there's a great moment where Bruno like kind of gives up the chase and decides to pee on the wall, and yeah. the dad's like, what are you doing? Like, let's go. Yeah. Uh, so they they follow the old man, and the old man's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who you're talking about. Leave me alone. I'm he keeps just... his lips zipped. Yeah, exactly. For too long. So they follow him some more. Quite a bit more. Yep. And they follow him into like a weird church. Where they're making everybody get shaved? Well, okay, so there's all these poor people coming in that want to eat. Right. And the church is like, we're going to feed you, but you have to go to Mass to do it. But you can't, especially in this day and age, you can't go to Mass unless you're wearing 
nice enough clothes and you're presentable to God. Yeah. So what they do is they also provide them the service of, of cleaning them up, mm. cutting their hair or combing it, you know, styling it for them yeah. and then giving them a quick shave, quick shave of the face. So the guy gets a quick shave um, and they all get ushered in and Antonio sits down next to the guy and is like, you got to tell me, you got to tell me, you got to tell me. And they have this argument forever kind of a hushed argument probably for a little too long forever um, i'm not totally sure other than to cause the ruckus which splits them up why this is so long that's the only reason i can think but so eventually he the old man tells him where this guy lives or the neighborhood or the building or something and right tells him that he thinks it's apartment 15 but he's not sure and he's like you're gonna come with me and he manhandles the old man the old man's like i need some food and he's like i'll go with you to get food then we're going to this place you're gonna help me get my bike back and so the uh but then they lose the old man in the church don't they, they lose the old man in the church some people accost them and yeah where you think you're going you can't go this way it's not time yet blah 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 all that stuff yeah the old man gets away they can't find him they run all over the church the church throws him out finally so there, i mean there's more to it than that like he goes out and sees some women setting up the food and Right. Out the door is locked. The main door is locked. And anyways, so they they get outside. They can't find the old man. They decide to go down towards the. Don't they go to a restaurant at that point? No. Well, they're going to go towards the go back across the the river. Oh right. And the little boy is like, "You lost him." You, you know, basically, he's like, "You're an idiot, dad." And the dad Cuffs smacks him. him. Like, hey little troublemaker and the kid starts crying he, obviously Bruno. He, he feels bad the dad feels bad well what also sucks is this kid's been bopped on the head by a few strangers throughout the movie yeah but yeah get away from my st- stand yeah. get away from my cart but now his dad hits him and that's you know that's a whole other story well it's not it's actually part of this right because we're talking about a culture that um that that because of the circumstances they're in, begin to do more and more desperate things. Yeah. And this is an example of that and an example of how you're raised and sort of bred to uh, fulfill the cycle all over again. So this kid, you know, like if the dad turns into this angry drunk at some point, yep. which we don't know if he will, but he might. Let's hope not. And, uh, and beats his wife and kids, then, you know, what does that raise the kids to do? Not that all people that were beaten turn into... Right, to domestic abusers, but, but still, there is a cycle. There's out a, there. there is a cycle of violence. Yeah. So, um, so he hits the kid, and the kid cries, and is like, "I'm not going with you." Poor and Bruno. He's like, "Get over here, Bruno, you little troublemaker." And uh, it's actually kind of a sweet moment that, that that's going to happen soon. So the kid comes back over, and he's like, "I'm going to go check down at the river." Antonio says, "I'm going to check down the river." Bruno, you wait at the edge of the bridge. So Bruno goes over and waits at the bridge. Like a good boy. And Antonio goes down to the, you know, trying not to get down into the mud. Yeah. Looking down on the riverfront. And all of a sudden he hears. Help! A boy is drowning! A boy is drowning. And he loses his mind and runs to see what's going on. And they're pulling a body out of the water. And they bring the body to the shore. And it is. Some sort of buff teenager. Yeah, not Bruno. It's like a buff teenager who was swimming. Yeah. His swimming buddies are there. So he turns around and looks back up toward the bridge. Bruno's waiting right where he should be. Bruno taking his jacket off and sitting yeah, down yeah, yeah. on the on the steps. And there's this this realization that Antonio has about what he had just done to his child and the way he's treating his child. 
Good. And, Serves you right, Antonio. And you can see it just in his face. Like, yeah, there's not, there's no real dialogue over it. I mean, there's an example of what he does next. But so they walk along the the f- riverfront and they talk about how, you know, I, this is hopeless. I'm just going to give up and go home. You're tired, right? And the kid's like, yeah. He's like, sit down for a minute. So they decide, you know what? Before we go home, we're going to go get something to eat. We're going to have a treat. Oh, yeah. Gonna get something to eat. So they, they're going to get pizza. Mm-hmm. I was really excited to see them eat pizza, but they didn't eat pizza. Pizza and wine. They go to this nice restaurant, and they go in, and there's a band playing, and there's some kind of like rich people eating spaghetti nearby, and there's a kid eating a gooey mozzarella sandwich. Yeah, Antonio says you'd have to earn a million lira a month to eat like those people. Yep. How much is Antonio earning if he gets this job back? Well, if he gets it, he's going to earn 12000 12, a month. Yeah. Well, it seems like not very much if they got 7000 yeah. for some bed sheets. 12000 plus another 2000 uh in overtime. But yeah, so about 14000 right. a month. Oh, and then he also says 800 a day for the family. What's he call it for the family uh Well, yeah, so there's a family allowance too. Allowance. So basically, what he did is he broke. It's not 800 a day. I don't. Th- no, he said 800 a day. Think about that. 800 no, times he, 30. I think that was totaling it all up, figuring out how much a day oh. he would make with his salary was 800 a day. Hmm. Okay. So times 30. Okay. That's like double his salary. 800 a day times 30 is 24,000 bucks. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's great. 24,000 lira anyway. So yeah, yeah sure. great for them for sure. Uh, there's this, the exchange there's, rate while There's you this talk. snobby little kid eating at the table near them. You know, oh, I've got the... I, I'm dressed nice and I'm... Perf- my hair is coiffed. He looked coiffed. sickly in the face. Yeah, he was a, he was a weird... weird His face looked... He looked inbred. He's a little... I'm going to say it. He looks a little like the kid from Game of Thrones in the first first season, I think, when he's like, make the, make the small man fly. Oh, yeah. Bring him through the moon door. Yeah, the, uh, the Lord like of the kid. Veil. Yeah. Little Lord, whatever his name is. No, he looked way more inbred than that kid. But, I mean, he they had similar facial features, but... Yeah. Uh, they... Try to order pizza, and the place is like, we don't, we don't have pizza here. And he's like, mozzarella sandwiches and, uh, you know, wine, a full bottle of wine. So they bring this big craft of wine, and he gives the kid wine. He's yeah, like, he oh, does. Man, if your mom saw this, which and, kind of plays into the cycle of drinking does. and abuse and poverty. It does. Uh, although I think maybe in Italy it's not as crazy, and I think, I think, part of it was, you know, they couldn't afford stuff like this very often. And, like, this was his way of giving his kid a treat. And something that, like, there's a snobby little kid at a table next to him, like, oh, I'm eating this sandwich. Oh, I have this dessert. Like, when the kid gets dessert, he turns around and looks at, at Bruno. Yeah. With this confidence. Um, and I think that was the way of his dad sort of giving him something extra. Look at me. I have more than you. Yeah. So uh, there's, like, this band singing to him and... He he breaks down everything for the kid. He's like, you know what? Everything's telling me I should give up, but I'm not going to give up. And Bruno's like, heck yeah. So he has a new plan. He's going to go talk to the old woman. The, the holy one? The holy one. The seer of visions? Yep. So they go there, and they kind of cut their way in line. And... Uh, he explains what happened to her. You want to hear this real quick? Yeah, real quick. 
the last time the Italian lira was legal, it was worth 0.0579 of a dollar. So that's basically six cents. That's a collapsed economy right there. That's terrifying. So they talk to the, the Holy One. And he explains what happened with his bike. And she tells him, you'll either find it right away or you'll never see it again. There's no in between. Right. Either find it right away or never see it again. Now, I feel like at this point in the story, right away has passed many, many hours ago. Literally the day before, frankly. Well, well, I mean, he sees, he sees the bike that morning. He sees the kid riding on it that, that morning. Yeah, that's true. They walk out of the apartment building. He and, turns right. And what do they see right away? But he's walking toward, not away. But what do they see right away? The bicycle thief. The bicycle thief. So they start following this kid. He tries to run. And uh, they catch up to him. And there's this big mob that gathers around them. They're like, are you sure it's this kid? Well, first and he follows like, him into his house. which Or oh, into he some into, sort of... He actually follows him into a brothel. Into a brothel. Yeah. But clearly that kid is like... In cahoots with these brothel people. Yeah, he's he's not a good kid. And let me tell you, of all the scenes in the movie, to make the shortest scene in the movie, it shouldn't have been the brothel. Scene. <laughs> there was nothing untoward going on. In no, the there were just scene. a bunch you of foxy producers. ladies being like, "Hey, Sunday lunch. we're post-war brothel inhabitants." Yeah, so a nice Sunday lunch. He's roughing the kid up outside a little bit, and he's like, "Give me the bike. I want the bike. Give me the bike. I'll call the police." Blah blah blah. And then a big crowd gathers, and they the start harassing him, and they're like, "Hey, this is, you know, this is." You're going to get sued for libel for accusing people of stuff like this. He's a good kid with a clean record, and the mom is out there, you know, out the window or whatever. Right? Yeah. What about the man in the sunglasses? What about the man in the sunglasses? Well, he approaches. He clearly looks like he's got a whole lot more money than everybody else in sure, that Sure, he's probably the, the, the Don. He's wearing sunglasses, which I don't think we've seen anybody in the movie wear. Right. And he's got a pinstripe dark suit. Right. Do you think that guy is, is a mafioso? I think he, maybe a friend of old Vito Corleone's. I don't know about about that much. I think that he, this kid, probably works for him. Right. Um. So the then they start turning on Antonio. The crowd does and big time. Bruno has run off, and he brings back a police officer. Oh, thank goodness! And so the and the kid, once the police officer shows up. Uh, fakes a seizure. Fakes a seizure. Yeah. Yeah. And then for the no reason whatsoever. Like, oh, just my poor boy. He's got a perfect record. Blah 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 blah. A clean record. So the policeman shows up. And he's like, "Take us in the house. Show us the house." They look around and they don't find anything in the house. Nothing. No bicycle at all. Not a. Not a. There is a strange rope hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, I think that something they do was nothing with. I think th- I thought at first I was like, oh, if they pull that rope, there's like a, a compartment in the attic, a booby or hatch. Yeah, and the bike's up there. But I actually think I thought I saw something like hanging from it. Like okay. it might be like where they hang a lamp or something. Oh, because um, it was like kind of near a bed, kind of over near a bed. Okay. So, anyways, they have the police officer basically tells them you have to catch them red-handed. If they don't have it, you, you can't really do much. But if you want, we can file a police report, but it's it, bad news if you're wrong. Yeah, and he points out everybody out on the street is going to testify on the kid's side. Who who's, who could testify on your side, He's like, right? it's hearsay, basically. Yeah. So on their way out, the daughter comes home, and she has a whole bunch of packets of something. 
I thought that was interesting, and I wish I had gotten a better look. I don't know if I paid attention to her packets. I kind of got the vibe that the whole family is crooks. Oh, and that, yeah. And the that, whole neighborhood's and crooks. And that she's bringing in, like, some stolen stuff, like a whole bunch of the same thing. Like, she, yeah. she pocketed a bunch of things. Ooh. Um, I shouldn't accuse her, but, you know. Interesting. She's not real, so. We know her brother's a bicycle thief. Right. So what might she be a thief of? So they go back down and the whole mob's there and the police officer asks the kid's name and then he says, hey, do you want to press charges? And so Antonio just walks away. Yeah. Now what I didn't see was what the address was, what the apartment number was. Ooh. Because we never did really get to find out if that would have really told us whether the kid was the bicycle thief or not because he was definitely saying he wasn't right Ooh, i remember seeing it but i don't think i see i'm picturing the number 15 yeah sure but that's because i know the old man said maybe 15 all right viewsters if you know let us know send us a tweet at vtrt movies yeah or instagram us a photo of it Ooh. so they IGSP. walk <laughs> walk out, uh, walk away from the town, and they're like yelling at him, "Don't come back!" Yeah, that kind of threatening thing. to sue, threatening to beat him up. Yeah. They end up outside a big sports arena, right? And there are bikes, so many as far as the eye can see. I'd say maybe hundreds, but certainly yeah, tens of dozens. And he sees all these bikes, and he turns around, and just up the street, leaning against the doorway, is another bike. A lone bike on a all by silent itself. street. So, he starts thinking. Yeah, and you hear the soccer game raging on, you can hear the crowd roaring in cheering. the background. Yep. Are they cheering for him to steal a bicycle? I mean, they might be. Ooh, so he's getting tempted, and he keeps, keeps kind of going back and forth. Meanwhile, he looks over, and his kid is beat yeah. Dead tired, this kid. Dead tired. He's been marching around in the sun. He didn't get his pizza. Yep. He's had wine. Yeah. Yeah, he's maybe hungover. Now, he's so the kid's almost tired. been run over a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, the kid's dead tired, and uh, he is thinking, hey, I think I'm going to steal this bike. So he gives the kid some money and says, take the trolley home. Aw. So the kid, the... The soccer game starts to get out. People are picking up their bikes. There's a lot of traffic. Hey, maybe this is the time to slip away. The kid goes to the trolley as the dad turns away and walks away. And the kid doesn't get on. There's not enough room on the trolley. Yeah. The trolley leaves. The dad goes and steals the bike. The lone bike up the street. Yep. As soon as he grabs the bike, somebody says, hey, thief, that's my bike. Yeah. And so men immediately come out and chase him. And they run around. He, he goes up and down some streets and comes back around to the main that main sports arena area. And, and he gets away. No. And now he's the bicycle thief, well, right? he doesn't really get away, no. Oh. The little boy, Bruno, sees these men catch up to his father and pull oh, him no. off the bike and start to rough him up. And they're like, hey, you're going to jail for this. Oh, snap. And, uh, and so Bruno runs up and he's crying because his father is, you know, this terrible person all He's of a, a sudden. thief now. And uh, the person, the thing that they hated the whole movie, the thing that the kid was being conditioned to fight against and to, to catch right. is what his father became. 
and uh, the owner of the bike comes out, and they're they're like, "Oh, we're gonna you're gonna go to jail, and you're such a terrible example for your kid." Right. And the guy says he looks at the kid and looks at the looks at Antonio and says, "Let him go." Right. And they're like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's not worth it." We caught him. We got the bike back. But still, you and your kid go home. Antonio has officially crossed the line. Yeah. So and he, you thiefed him. He takes his his kid and walks away and we see them kind of walking toward the sunset and then they see antonio's stolen bike and they get it back right nope the end Fin. it's interesting the ending too they this kind of like walk on down the street towards the sunset yeah is very uh similar to like a charlie chaplin it's like charlie chaplin-esque like the kid yeah um and whereas that's a very like um uh, definitely, uh, those Charlie Chaplin stories are about poverty, like the lovable tramp and stuff. Those are stories about poverty, but it's sort of about making do with what you have and yeah. being happy with it. And this is a situation where it's poverty is just it. It turned this man into the thing that he was trying to overcome. Right, because now he's got no bike. Does that mean he's got no job? He's got no job. Kind of. Well, presumably, he's got no bike. Um, they're just going to get poorer. Yeah. And the indifference of the establishment in in helping that situation, and you know, I can see both sides of it. I mean, how do you catch a somebody who's stolen a bike somewhere in Rome, right, in a you city know? full of bicyclists? Yeah, how do you catch a bicycle thief? So um, sad, man. Very sad. So it was, it was it was definitely a downer of a of a film. Yeah. Poor Antonio and Bruno and Maria, and whatever the baby's and name, little was. baby. Little baby Ricci. Christina. It was Christina. Whoa. That would make her, uh, how old? <laughs> like 70, 60 something? High 60s? I'm going to go get the bucket. Why don't you talk about, so let's talk about, what? what how did you feel about this movie? Tell, me, tell um, me your thoughts on this film. Well, for starters, what amazed me most about the movie is that <laughs> I did not fall asleep once. Despite the fact that you didn't like the movie. It's in black and white. Which I, my brain just has a hard time with, as much as I hate to admit it, yeah. I will admit it. Because yeah. my brain sees black and white movies and just goes, oh, it must be nap time. Zonk. Right. Uh, but I didn't fall asleep during this movie. I Where? was really, really, really hoping right. that they would catch the bicycle thief and find the bike. And, and we'd have there might be ending. some justice in the world. Yeah. But not in this movie. Yeah. No, I felt really bad for poor little Bruno. Yeah. Um... Because he was, he was just, he was, an, he was a good boy the whole way around. You know, he went to work to try to support his family. Yeah. He he took care of his dad's bike. He uh, he did try to pee on that wall that one time. He but, knew not to go with the creep with the offering him the bell, and it was just like Bruno was such a good kid, and then his dad goes and smacks him in the face that one time. Yeah, for not a very good reason at all, and that made him so very sad, and it broke my heart to see. While you're talking here, I'm going to um, look up maybe a review. So this was a fast a fast uh, episode. Well, hey, that's so, okay. Um, it's tough when it's a movie that like ha- was such a downer. Yeah, because uh, it's like I don't feel like discussing it. <laughs> yeah, like, I just had to watch that downer of a film, and now yeah. I need to talk about it, too. Yeah. Um, here's uh, New York Times. The New York Times. December 13th, 1949. 
Again, the Italians have sent us a brilliant and devastating film in Vittorio De Sica's rueful drama of modern city life, The Bicycle Thief. Widely and fervently heralded by those who had seen it abroad, where it has already won several prizes at various film festivals, this heart-tearing picture of frustration which came to the world yesterday bids fair to fulfill all the forecasts of its absolute triumph over here. Uh, for once more, the talented Desica who gave us the shattering shoe shine, the des- that desperately tragic demonstration of juvenile corruption in post-war Rome, has laid hold upon and sharply imaged in simple and realistic terms a major, indeed a fundamental and universal, dramatic theme. Mm. It is the isolation and loneliness of the little man in this complex social world that is ironically blessed with institutions to comfort and protect mankind. Although he's again set his drama in the streets of Rome and has populated it densely with significant contemporary types, Desica is concerned here with something which is not confined to Rome, nor solely originated by post-war disorder and distress. He is pondering the piteous paradoxes of poverty, no matter where, and the wretched compulsions of sheer self-interest in man's desperate struggle to survive. And that's interesting because... uh, 20 years earlier America was going through a, a time of the, the great depression. depression yeah a time of the great one poverty and um I think was you know witness to what was happening you know mm-hmm. certainly witness to what was happening in Europe over the last 10 or so years so um the the commentary from the New York Times that this is something that is a universal tragedy, a universal drama, is is not Universal Studios. No, it's true and 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 understandable. So I don't know. I think I was the bicycle thing. I I I I think you know if we were two guys alive in 1948 seeing this movie, I think I would have a lot more of a strong reaction to it well whereas now i'm just sort of like oh i get it life is meaningless and if you're (laughs) down you're gonna stay down and uh, let me ask you to compare it to another movie we watched sullivan's travels Travels. so how, how do you feel comparing those two movies together because they're definitely similar themes oh for sure um i mean you you saw in sullivan's travels that because he was a poor person, uh, and he he hit somebody, hit a police officer. Yeah, as a poor person, he was given this maximum sentence. Right. Um. So, you know, what's but we but we had a positive story, I guess. There. Yeah, because um, in Sullivan's Travel, he keeps he lucking it. his way into all these happy, funny situations. Yeah. And then yes, it does get very grim for him towards the end, and then for he like twenty minutes lucks his way out of it. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess he, I guess he lucked his way out, but he does have this realization about um, the good you can do in the world because he remember Sullivan's wanting to make this movie essentially. Yeah, basically, uh, he he's wanting to make this movie, and then realizes like there's more more important things I can do for the world by making happier stuff. So, yeah. Um, but so of those two movies, which movie do you like better? Certainly Sullivan's, Sullivan's travels. travels yeah. Cause at least that it's funny. And 
Yeah, yeah, it's very funny. It's easier to watch. And there's some light at the end of the tunnel. And yeah, there's this movie. Yeah, and unfortunately this movie, I mean, but see, on the other side of that, this is almost my same argument with uh, Saving Private Ryan and uh, The Thin Red Line, sure. right? Like everybody's like, oh, Saving Private Ryan's like the best of the late 90s World War Two movies. And it's like, it's an awesome movie. Is that a thing people say? Can't take that away. Well, I remember when those two movies came out, sure. like there was a big bunch of debate between me and all my movie going pals. But it was like, but the thin red line is definitely the much more realistic yeah. version of World War Two. Sure, Saving Private Ryan's a very I don't know. I mean, know, like let's go get them, and there's graphically though it's gonna it's, be good. And it's I mean, like the 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 invasion of Normandy is fairly yeah. I'm not saying like realistic. I'm not saying Saving Private Ryan is is all sunshine and rainbows, but just like story wise, it's a MacGuffin movie. Yeah, it's like there's these guys have an absolute definite goal that they're they have to find this one guy and sure. and bring his butt home. Whereas Thin Red Line, it's just sort of like here we are in this beautiful place. Oh, is it about to become a living nightmare, or are we going to maybe get to chill with the natives for a while, like uh, Sean Penn and Jim Caviezel sure. in the first part of the movie? And it's like you know, it's just a much more realistic depiction of what was happening in the war which do you enjoy more of those two movies see saving private Ryan. yeah so it's interesting yeah and i think and i think it might be part of i mean maybe it's part of our age you know you're saying maybe back then we would have had a different appreciation for this film yeah um and our age you know we we grew up with this um with the mcguffin film you know we grew up on spielberg films right so having that kind of um, goal and then catharsis at the end is, right. is important to someone of our age, I think. And that's something that this movie didn't really offer us. It we it offered us a goal, yeah, but he didn't. They didn't he get to it. it. It felt like they were there was more movie. We, we it ended. And I was just like, what? That's the end. Yeah, the ending I was, was really very abrupt and very sad. Yeah. So you got a bucket in your hand. Yes, you the can, Muppet bucket is ready. You can draw. Sure. Draw. Will you hold while I draw? Hold. Yeah, absolutely. All those slips of paper in there. I'm digging deep. All right. Last time I dug up. deep, we got Dune and Hodorowski's Dune. Oh, boy. Well, that, they're out of the bucket unless you put them back in. I know. I think I actually dig deep every time, really. But come on, something to lift our spirits from this very depressing, oh, hyper-realistic film, which, unfortunately, America has still not learned its lesson oh, from. Oh, no, one oh, fell out. Is that the one? Does that count? It fell out. Nah, I got. it's got to be picked. Okay, well, well, maybe that's that's the bucket's way of telling us you should put it back in. But I can't reach it from here. Oh, you can't? All right, you know what? That's the bucket's way of telling us. What is it? That's it? I can't see it. What is it? I can't see it. It's got an N. Nightmare Before Christmas? No. Oh, I think it is not. I think I know what it is. It is the exact opposite of lifting our spirits. Uh Uh-oh. It's one that I've never seen that uh, is very controversial. Oh, you've read the title? I, right, I can't I, see it. I can't see the whole title. I think I, I know what it is. I have not looked at the title at all. Do you want to put it in the bucket or do you want to keep going? Because it's your call. I'm putting it in the bucket. All right, mix it up. I could be wrong about what it was. Oh, all wait, I saw it. was the last two Hold letters. the bucket. It needs us both to be touching it. It's like a it's like a non-evil Ouija board. Now, if you pull out what I think it was still, then we know it was fate. He's got something. What you got? Oh, he's making a face. He's sneering. Can I put this back in the no, bucket? No, you cannot. I do one. not want to watch no, you this. Got, you got to do it. We got to do it. I don't want to watch this at all. What, what is it? 
one of the longest, <laughs> most annoying movies ever made. Okay. Which, yes, it has its place in film history. Okay. It must be something you've seen and I haven't. Yes. I've stood next to Captain America in line at a Ralph's once and thought, holy crap, is that who I think it is? But this movie is what? not about to improve our mood at all. Okay. What you got? Easy Rider. Never seen it. Okay. I want to put this back in the bucket. You can't put it in the bucket. Oh. We got to watch it. We got to watch it. Easy Rider. You don't like it, huh? Um, I think it's as like the point of our show. It's a movie that everybody should see. It had an absolutely necessary place mm-hmm. in American history, especially in American film history. Mm-hmm. Like this is a movie everybody should see once. Yeah. I've probably seen it three or four times. Mm-hmm. I have no desire to see it a fifth time. Well, you know, it's funny that what the viewsters don't know is our plan is to watch this movie now. Right. And, and so we I should go get lunch first. I feel I feel for you. I will give you an option. Let's hear it. The option is we watch Easy Rider and we just deal with it. Do we get lunch first? You sure. Okay. Either way, we can get lunch first. The other option is... We pick a whole different movie. No, Well, kind of. Oh. We keep Easy Rider. And yeah. We, and we do a special episode where we go back to the old style. Oh. And we do two films. But whatever gets pulled out of there, if you pull Easy Rider 2... <laughs> Which exists. Although oh, really? it has nothing to do with anybody okay. That's not what who I made the original. If you pull out... I'm trying to think of like another slow movie, Leaving Las Vegas, which is another downer. Sure. We, we've both seen it, so it's not in the bucket. But right. uh, if you were to pull that out, then we still we got to do both of those movies in the same episode. This gives you a chance for an, a a more uppy film, but we've got to do two in the next episode. Wow! Like we used to do. But does that mean we have to watch them both today? No. One of them will be today. You can choose which one we watch today. And one of them will be in the next two weeks before we get this next episode out. I'm rolling those dice, Wes. You're going to roll the dice. Because I want to watch something that's not Easy Rider today. After The Bicycle Thieves, I want to watch something that's not a very depressing movie about people on motorcycles. There's a lot down at the bottom here. Get your motor running. Watch this movie later. All right. I just mixed it up. There was a bunch like stuck to the side. So what movie do you think was the one that fell out? I think the one that fell out was Birth of a Nation. Oh. And I was like, holy cow, that's not... I don't think that was it, because when I held the paper up, I saw something that looked like, almost like the word defend oh. on it. I don't know. All right. What's this? That's a long title, whatever it is. He's making another face, ladies and gentlemen. What'd you draw? Birth of a Nation. <laughs> Close. Yankee Doodle Dandy. Well, it's like a musical. You wanted you wanted an upper. True that. Now you got to do Yankee. What a combination. So we got to watch Rider, Yankee Doodle Dandy today. Easy Rider and Yankee Doodle Dandy for the next Can't episode. Can we just watch The Final Girls? We cannot just. We, we've already seen that. I know, but I want to watch we've it We've seen again. it. We've talked about it. Is there anything else you want to talk about 
uh, today about this movie or oh. Yankee Doodle Dandy? Or? Maybe we should just go back to Easy Rider. No, no you, at least it's in color. You rolled the dice. You made your choice, at my friend. At least it's got a Yankee classic. Doodle Dandy is in color. Oh, is it? I thought I'm that was. Sure I thought color. that was an old black and white Jim Cagney movie. No, no, no. I call him Jim Cagney. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's like Fred Astaire. It's like a musical. It's like a dance movie. Dance musical. Sure. It's I not Jimmy Cagney was in that. Okay, Where did I get see. that from? Let's see here. Yankee. You dirty red coat. 1942. Can't we just watch James Cagney? You are correct. 1942, James It Cagney. is black and white. <laughs> of course it's black and white. It's from six <laughs> years earlier. <laughs> I love it. I'm Yankee completely wrong. You are completely right. You die. A real life nephew of my uncle Sam, born on the fourth of July. Well, it has it has uh, an actor th- from that era that I love, S. Z. Sakal. Oh, who is in one of my favorite uh, movie musicals, T for Two, which two is for tea? which is the um, movie adaptation of No No Nanette. Ooh. Is that the sequel to Rochelle Rochelle? No. So <laughs> it's actually kind of cool. We maybe we should add to the bucket sometime. Uh it's kind of a cool premise about this um this rich girl who gets everything she wants. Oh. Um No no Nanette. Is it wait, is it her? It was uh Miley Cyrus, right? No, hold on. Let me see who it was. It wasn't her. Uh well let's save that for when we do the Yankee Doodle Dandy episode. Oh, because it's but we won't be talking about this. Doris Day. Oh, Doris Day. Who I love. Um, so she she just like goes for everything. This is a Depression era story, but it's yeah. like a fun thing. Um, she bets her uncle that she can say – she wants to do this like uh, – That she can say, I slit the sheet, the sheet I slit, and on the slitted sheet I sit? Well, no. She, want, no, she wants to invest – money their family money oh into uh this big broadway musical not knowing that um it's about her no the uh they've lost their they're, they've lost their money in the stock market. and so he he convinces her they places a bet with her because she's like she does she gets everything she wants yeah she has to say no to everything that she's asked for 48 hours so of course, in this forty-eight hours, and she's trying to put this musical, big Broadway musical together. She's asked a lot of questions about: Am I right for the part? Or she meets a, a dashing man. Oh, do you love me? She has to say no to. And everything. she has to say no to everything for forty-eight hours. And if she goes with her heart and says yes, then she loses the bet. Ooh, it's almost like a, a weird mix around of Brewster's Millions, kind of. Yikes. No, no, Nanette. No, no, Nanette. And then what's the other title? T, T for Two is the movie. T for Two. Yep, that's the and one. Two for Steve. Yes, two, two T's for Steve. Wes, let's get lunch. Okay, we're going to get lunch apparently. Then we're going to watch a movie. Can I thank the listeners for listening and the viewsters for viewing? Yeah, please. Go for it. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of View the Right Thing with Steve and Wes. Yeah. Follow Wes. On Twitter as Movie Hippo, and of course follow at <coughs> VTRT Movies. That's the View of the Right Thing main Twitter account. Yeah. We have an Instagram too, under the same exact handle, right? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And, and I'm y- at even, Stephen Nohowood. Go. Even, uh, even uh, Travis Stevens. 
Oh, yeah. Gave us a follow. Yeah. Duncan Jones gave us a like. Whoa. Duncan you Jones, check out World of Warcraft the movie you in should, theaters. You, should, you guys should be following our VTRT movies. We have some pretty cool stuff. Um, thanks so much for slogging through <laughs> the bicycle thieves with us. And now we are going to start on the next episode. Yeah, we'll a, don't forget, in two weeks we'll have a long episode. That's right. We're going to cover Yankee Doodle Dandy and Easy Rider. Get your motor running. In yeah. the meantime, Bon Cinema.